Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Fort Road Victory Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or get connected, please head to our website at frvc.ca. Now on with the sermon. Good morning, everybody. All right. Wow. Got a little cold, didn't it? Some people decide to stay home. All right, so we're starting a new series. It's called Take Cover, and you saw the, the trailer. So this is a series on authority, and I think um, where we've been leading off from what we've been doing lately is, is, is really perfect time for us to understand how authority fits in our life and how authority is what God has designed for us to be able to be prosperous and to follow what he calls for us to do in his word. And it's the thing, when he, when he sets up authority, and he's talking about himself as well, when he set himself up as an authority, as the authority, not just as an authority, but as the authority, he set up so that there would be order, there would no, there'd be no chaos, Plus, there would be a blessing that, that would be appreciated and received for the people who understood that authority. So here's the thing. I titled this message, Who's in Charge? Okay? Who's in charge? And here's the thing. Who's in charge doesn't mean, well, nobody's in charge because we can't see. Because a lot of times when we say someone's in charge, we know who that person is because we see them. You see your bosses, you see the people that you work for, and you know who's in charge. But here when it comes to the world, when it comes to godly things, and God is in charge, because we don't see him, a lot of times people, well, because we don't see him, we don't have that relationship to use our senses with him, then we make up our own rules, we follow our own things, and realize that, no, just because we don't see him doesn't mean that he's not in charge. Okay? The Bible states that no one has ever seen God. That's stated. That is clear. No one has ever seen God, but that does not take away his authority. Just because we can't see who's in charge does not mean that authority is gone. If you've got your Bibles here this morning, Psalms 115. Look at the psalmist writes here in Psalm 115.3. It says, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Another version says, our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases, Right? He does whatever he pleases. He intervenes should he decide to intervene. He stops things should he decide to stop. He doesn't stop things should he decide not to stop things. Right? He allows whatever he wants. These, these are things that we have to understand. When, when the psalmist says this, that our God is in the heaven, he does all that he pleases. Number one, it states he's there. He's the authority. He does means he has authority to do whatever he wants. Right? And John's gospel, we went through it when we were doing the fast. I mean, he declares this truth about God through Jesus Christ. John 1.18, in your Bibles, look at that. He says, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. His declaration of him is saying, guess what? I'm Jesus, but there, I have a Father who's in charge. I have a Father who I am declaring to you. And he made this clear because after a while, people were like, well, where's God? Show us this God. And so Jesus finally says to the disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because they were so willing to, well, you can't be the authority because you're just like one of us. Oh, yeah, you've, you've seen, we've seen you perform all these miracles, but there must be somebody even higher than you. And Jesus finally equates himself to God and says, guess what? You've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen me, you've seen the works that I'm doing. That's what God is wanting to do as well, okay? One of the very first things that we learn as we grow in this journey of, of knowing Christ is that God the Father is the
the creator of heaven and earth. We agree to that? Well, there's some people that still believe, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's all this, 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 this case for, for um, evolution and the Big Bang theory, right? But here's the thing. With the theory that we have, it's not a theory. It's proven that creation is actually real. We can go back and we can find proof of it, okay? Creation actually automatically states that God is the authority, okay? God is sovereign. He has absolute right and full authority to do whatever he allows and whatever he desires. That means God is sovereign. He was never created. He existed long before creation, and he exists independent of his creation. Here, let me put it simply like this. If you're a poet, you write a poem, right? So the poem is subject to the poet, yes? If you're a writer and you write books or you write or a songwriter, the song is subject to the creator, right? The songwriter, okay? Uh, a book is subject to its publisher. A house is subject to its builder, right? The creation is subject to the creator's authority. Simple way of putting what God, how God is to us as well. He's the creator, but with create, being the creator, gives him all authority for the creation that he's created, Okay, But it's interesting that even after biologists and scientists have disproven this Big Bang theory, people still refuse to believe that God is the creator. And I don't know whether or not it's that God is the creator that they refuse to believe or that God is the authority, right? So here's the thing. <clears throat> the same people who adamantly believe in this Big Bang theory have no idea what caused the Big Bang or why it happened. Only that it happened. Isn't that interesting? They, they, this theory says, oh, it happened. We don't know why it happened and how it happened, but it happened. Okay? Now, here's the thing. Would you rather believe 15 billion years ago a collision happened in the universe? And then five, year, five billion years later, stars were formed. Another five billion years later, the sun was formed. And then 4.5 billion years later than that, the earth was formed. And then 3.8 billion years later, we have land and water. Then a one-celled amoeba, which later emerged as a monkey, which then evolved into a human being. Think about that. Think of everything I just said. And people are willing to believe this. But they don't know why it happened or how it happened, but it sounds good. This theory sounds good. Okay? Or would you rather believe this? What it says in Genesis 1-1, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And five days, he created man. Now we take into account Adam to Abraham, which is about 2,000 years, and Abraham to now, which is about 4,000 years, which means that the earth is really only about 6,000 years old. Are you willing to believe that? Or would you rather believe that 15 billion years ago, this all started? Right? It's crazy. But people are believing this. And believers, people who claim to be Christians, are, are starting to follow this and think, well, maybe there's some truth to this. Okay? Now, here's the thing. Now, my science background always goes back to this because it, it's just what happens when you study genetics. Okay? What about radiometric measuring, right? Carbon-14. Okay? Now, if you've done any research, you know anything about that, it's unreliable. It has been proven to be unreliable. Here's the thing. 
Do you remember Mount St. Helens eruption in 1986, those of you who are my age and a little older? Okay, we were around when that happened, and wow, the whole city of Washington was covered in this dust. So they took samples of this rock formation to try and date it, right? They couldn't come up with enough data to prove it. I mean, they were getting data that was saying that it was up to 2.8 million years old. A new rock formation that came out of that, they, it was dated to be 2.8 million years old. So there goes radiometric measurements, right? And, and I use that one, but there was tons more of, of how they've, they've proven that radiometric measurements are not accurate, okay? So based on Genesis 1.1, and this is why I want to use the Bible as our, our, as our data to prove that not only is he the creator, but he's the authority, right? Here's some reasons to believe that the creator with a purpose exists. And these are things that we see now with, with regards to the creation that he's made. And 93 million miles away, the earth is situated close enough that we don't freeze and far enough that we don't burn up. Think about that. I always wondered when you grew, grew up and you learned this statistic, the earth is 93 million miles away from the sun. There's a reason why. God placed it far enough that we would stay warm and close enough, that, you know, far enough that we wouldn't burn up and close enough that we would stay warm. Think about that, right? The moon's gravitational pull causes tides, and scientists have found this out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Scientists have found this out so that they can point to the fact that, man, this is all part of God's creation. This is all part of the creation. This is all part of the authority that God has when it came to create. The moon's gravitational pull causes tides and movements so that oceans don't go stagnant, but also that they don't spill into the continents. You ever wondered about that? Those of you who go to the ocean, those of you who go and, and travel, and you ever wonder why the, the ocean doesn't come right up? Because really, there's a lot of water. And we think, well, that's because it's deep enough. It's like a pot in the, in, the, in the dirt. No, that ocean could come right across if the moon's gravitational pull wasn't strong enough to keep it within the water, the, 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 the pull that it has within the surface tension of water. How about this? 97% of our water is in the form of salt water. But here's what God did when he said, I'm going to let there be, right? This is what he used to create. Let there be, he spoke, and it created. So he, when he created the water, he understood that, okay, if I'm going to create this salt water, most of the water is going to be in the ocean, but yet I have all this land, and it's not something like, oh, geez, what am I going to do? He knew exactly that this would happen. So he created this incredible water filtration system where it evaporates out of the ocean, and the, the salt stays in the ocean. All the evaporated molecules are carried by the clouds. Think about this. This is all God's design. This is the one in authority, God's design, created so that the water evaporates, travels with the clouds, and forms rain upon the land. Think about that. That's amazing, right? Oh, you're not even awed by that? I'm just like, wow, that is really amazing, God, right? He knew that it, it would have to come from some other source than the little lakes and, and rivers that we have. So he made sure that 97% of the water was in the form of an ocean, where as the water evaporates, is carried into the clouds, the wind he created to blow all those clouds onto land, so it can irrigate the land. And think about this. We need water to sustain life. Every living thing requires water. Okay? Now, let's go to something even more um, closer, the human brain. 
The human brain processes a million messages a second. Colors and objects, the temperature around you, the pressure around your whole body, the sounds around you, the dryness of your mouth, your emotions, thoughts, and memories, and keeps track of ongoing functions in your body, like breathing, like heart rate, eyelid mo movements, hunger pangs, right? Movement of all your muscles in your hands and in your body. Think about that. That's all designed by a creator. And all this by the creator, he has authority over. Okay? How about this? Laws that govern the earth. Gravity remains constant. Think about that. You ever find it, you ever hear in the news, oh my gosh, gravity's incon inconsistent in this one part of the, the world and everybody's floating? Absolutely not, right? He set laws in motion so that this would stay something that he could sustain. Whatever he created, he sustains as well, right? A hot cup of coffee left on a counter will get cold. There's a law right there, right? And yet, when you think about the law of, of what they have created for this Big Bang, let all of a sudden this heat continue to build up. An explosion happened, but then this heat continued to build up that all of a sudden the stars joined together to form the sun. Yet in creation, we know the sun was created before the stars. It's already flipped around, okay? Now, here's something from a, an atheist quantum mechanic physics. His name is Richard um, Feynman. Put this up on the, on the screen. It says, why nature is mathematical is a mystery. This is an atheist saying this, okay? Quantum physicist, Nobel Prize winner. He says, the fact that there are rules at all is kind of a miracle. What's he attributing there? He doesn't realize that he's attributing to God the fact that the laws that he has studied is a mystery. Everything that he has studied regarding physics, everything he studied regarding quantum mechanics is something that he says, wow, this is miraculous. This can only be a miracle, right? But here's the thing. I'm not here today to prove God, okay? I'm here to say that God does exist, and as our creator, he has all authority, okay? I'm not talking about just authority for the creation, but authority over the creation, right? This is what we have to first understand, because anything else that we're going to look into is, has to fall under the first thing. God is the authority. God has authority over me, the creation, right? You can say amen anytime, right? If you don't understand that, you're going to be going against the law that he created for his creation, and it's going to be hard, okay? Turn with me in your Bibles. Romans 9, 14, 23. See, here's the thing, because if God doesn't exist, then everything happens by chance. No purpose, no design, no order, no physical and spiritual laws, and therefore no accountability, right? But yet here, in our world, everything has laws that have been governed both spiritual and physical. And guess where they start from? They start from God himself. Look what he says in Romans 9, 14 to 23. He says, what shall we say then? This is Apostle Paul talking to the church. Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. This is the authority speaking. I will do what I choose to do, he says. Whether I choose to express compassion mercy or judgment, right? So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, 
and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. You will say to me then, why does he, man, still find fault? I mean, he's, he's, he's saying this question. People are saying, well, why, does, why, do, why do men still find fault in God? For who can resist his, which is man's will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to the molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make, him known his, to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy? Wow, that's powerful when you think God created each and every one of us for a purpose, ultimately to give back glory to him. And when you think, man, he raised up Pharaoh to inflict all that garbage upon his, the children of Israel. Why? So that the children of Israel might return glory to God. That they might see that God's power exists. Because, again, they kept saying, well, show us, God. Moses, you know, who are you, God? We don't know who you are. We want to know you. We want to see you. And God says, you can't see me. You can't because you will die if you see me. My, my nature cannot go amongst the, the, the human beings that I've created. I must keep myself apart from that, right? So here he is, God saying, I have purpose, I have design, and I do what I choose to do. Man, think about this. I mean, some people say, boy, you worship a God who's pretty much a tyrant. No, actually, I worship a God who says, I exercise this, but yet I exercise grace and mercy to the fullest. Right? If God exists and he is the authority, then why doesn't every believe, everyone believe that he is the authority? See, again, the, the question of existence, it's not even the problem here. It's whether God is allowed to be the authority in a person's life. That's the problem we have with our society. That's the problem we have with what's happening now in our world, right? Oh, yeah, it's easier to believe the six-day creation plot. But when it comes now to God being the authority in my life, ooh, right? Turn with me in your Bibles, Romans chapter 1. <clears throat> Paul, again, talking to the Roman church, because at that time there were so many uh, trains of thought and philosophies and enlightenment that was coming around to the church, and people were believing this. We're not much far, farly different from that, Okay. We are not far from that actually today where there's so many trains of thought that is questioning what we believe about God and what we believe about his authority. Romans 1, 18 says, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth, he says. Okay? They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. What's he using here? To identify God's authority. He's going back to God's creative design. He's using that to say, guess what? The creator is in authority basically because of the design that he's made, right? For ever since the world was created, people have seen earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. Come on. How many of you go camping and you stare up at the, at the stars at night and you think, wow. Like, 
don't you question like that? That is amazing, God. You're in the middle of a lake and you see this, this, this sky full of stars or whatever, and you just automatically know that that couldn't have just happened. You automatically know that that just didn't appear one day. That didn't just bang out in the earth, right? You automatically, there's something, see, and, and God's saying that, that just through my creation alone, you're aware that there's a creator that exists. You're aware. I've made you aware that something more than a big bang is possible for this. Think about that. So it says here, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And as they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like, this is what happens. Because, oh, no, I can't believe that that could be, you know, done through God, that a God could have made this stuff. But they're trying to attribute to something, to some being. So then what does he say? And they began to think of foolish ideas of God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people, birds, animals, and reptiles. Wow. You see, it's not creation they're, they're complaining against. It's not creation that mankind is going against. It's who's the authority behind all this? That's what they're saying. That's what we're saying even today, isn't it? Right? King David, a verse from the Old Testament in Psalms 19, verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of, of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Okay? Go down to verse 4. And it says, their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Paul uses that very scripture when he, when he talks to the, the Roman church, right? The very voice of the creation is crying out that God exists, that the authority of the creator exists, right? Because here the, the Roman church is making excuses, yeah, but you know, these, all these people that are out there, they don't know God and they've not seen him. And Paul's saying, it doesn't matter that they haven't seen him in person. They've seen what he, he has created enough to believe that someone had to be behind all of that. So Romans 10, 18 says, but I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words, and their words to the ends of the world. Again, existence is not the question. It's whose authority Who's the authority here? I see the creation. I see the existence of a creation. But who's the authority behind this? <clears throat> Whether or not we choose to make God our authority doesn't remove him from authority. Think about that for a minute. Right? Because here he is. He's up in heaven. And all this authority is being exerted. And whether we choose to submit to this authority that God has... He's still authority because that's why he says one day, one day he's going to unleash that wrath that he, that's the truth about it. One day the truth of his wrath will come through. But guess what he does instead for now? He shows us grace. Unending grace. Remember I told, we, we went through a whole series on grace and truth. Unending grace so that we would come to the knowledge of who truly is the authority in our lives. Amen. There's nothing in this universe that he hasn't made, okay? So here's the thing. Oh, you know, I don't believe in the God. I, be I believe in this, this God instead. 
So everybody creates their own idols. And God's sitting up in heaven, yeah, but you're worshiping an idol made of wood? That's mine. Oh, no, no, no. These other people, they worship idols made out of gold and silver. And God says, that's mine too. Are you getting this? We can try to substitute, but God's saying, but that's mine. You go ahead and you try, but you realize that I made that. You realize that that's mine anyways. Or it's iron. Oh, that's mine too. That's the lowest form, yeah. I I created that too, right? Since Adam, every generation seems to be getting more and more advanced, and we see this, right? Advanced in knowledge. Man, this is, this is probably our, our, our greatest strength as, as, as mankind, but it's also one of our greatest weaknesses. Why? Because every, with every bit of knowledge, and you look at technology, and you look at what we're able to do now, we seem to be putting ourselves either equal or above God. So now the creation, which has once been always under the authority of God, is challenging that authority of God. Because of the knowledge that we're gaining, right? From the day of man's creation in the Bible, we will and will always ultimately be a selfish creature. Think about that. That's, a, that's, that's the harsh reality. As much as we think we've grown, as much as we think we love God, as much as we think we're getting so close to God and, uh, boy, I'm learning so much. Ultimately, what's inside? Selfishness. Self. Me. It's about me. We come to church to get something for me, right? We serve, we give, we do all these good things, disciplines. We pray, why? So that I would get something. What is that? That's the nature of self. So the selfish creation could be redeemed and reconciled to the creator. God had to send Jesus Christ because he knew, man, this selfish, this selfish being that I created is still going to, pop up and in order for me to finally have this reconciliation with this creation I've made I need to send myself down as my son onto this earth again design anybody that's in authority if you have authority you have you have authority over the design that you're doing that anything the models that you make any anything that you're trying to enforce you have authority over the creation Right? Those of you who are bosses, you have authority over what's been created for you to lead. Psalm 139 tells us that each and every one of us were put here on earth uniquely wired and gifted by God. You were put here on earth by God's will and design. You were put here on earth by God, the authority. The authority who has authority over his design. But somehow as life progresses and we gain knowledge, we take it upon ourselves to debate with God. Like that piece of clay that he talked about that's telling the potter, oh, I don't know. I don't know that you can do that. Oh, I don't know that you're allowed to do Oh, I don't know that I, 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 that I can subject myself to this, right? I know that God says this and that, you know, loving one another and forgiving one another, serving one another, showing grace to one another, Serving and worshiping the living God, giving. I know that, but you don't know what I've gone through. Come on. We've said this sometime in our lives, haven't we? But you don't know what I'm going through, God. Okay? 
I know I might not be living up to this, this standard in this area, but I'm doing so much more in this area. So we put ourselves into this, well, bargaining table. Or we do this. At least I'm not doing what that other person's doing. Comparison, right? Why? All to feed the self that's inside that wants to gain approval, acceptance, and even equality with God, the creator. In the Old Testament, there's a, a book of, of Daniel, the book of Daniel. There's a character in there. His name is King Nebuchadnezzar. And at the end of his reign, I mean, he's, he's the king that was responsible for invading Jerusalem and then carrying everybody back, all the Jews back to Babylon captivity for 70 years, right? One of the most powerful kings ever noted in history, right? He did everything in his power to become this mighty king. Now, look at me in, in Daniel chapter 4. Verse 34 to 37. This is him at the end of his days. This powerful king who served only for his purposes, only for his, his fame and recognition to be the most powerful at the time. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing. He's getting this revelation all of a sudden. Boy, isn't that us at times when we finally realize, you know what? Yeah, at the end, I've done all this stuff and it really accounts as nothing. He's saying this, okay? The king that had gotten all these kingdoms underneath him. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? This is him talking to God and saying, gee, you know, I, I realize I can't control what you do. I realize that I can't even question why you do it. I realize that even at the end when I've got all this glory and fame and, and all these possessions, I have no control of you. At the same time, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Realizing that he didn't have anything to do with that, right? Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, for all his works are right, and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. I love the fact that, I don't know if you've been following what's happening with Kanye West, isn't that awesome? Like, think about this. This is, and he, he actually, if you listen to any of his interviews, he actually compares himself to who? King Nebuchadnezzar. Because Kanye has no problem telling you, I'm rich. I've got this billion-dollar company. I've got this, I'm, I created Yeezy. Right? Great. But he will tell you, I am just like this man. I've come to the place where I recognize, I didn't do any of this. I may have thought I, I gained all this fame. I may have thought I, I did everything in my power to become this popular guy, to become this celebrity. But he says, I did nothing. God raises people. God allows this to happen in a person's life. Why? So that one day they might turn around and realize the authority did this. I must give back glory to him. I must proclaim his name so that everybody would see that the power that was upon me was never me. 
Think about that. You know, and, and 99% of us are never going to be like Kanye West. That's just the reality of it. But I'm going to go back to Psalm 139. You were created for a purpose to serve the authority that is over you. Come on. When we can accept that and realize, wow, God didn't look at each one of you. Oh, my gosh. Luke and Aaliyah, they're on the earth. What did I do? They weren't supposed to come out yet. Right? He knows exactly his design and purpose, when a person's to be born, where they're going to be born, what they're going to be doing. Now, not in those specifics, but yes, that one day we would declare his works to the earth and make his power known. And what does power come from? Authority. When he says, make my power known, he says, declare my authority on this earth. We're here to declare his authority. How? By the life that we live. Are we subject to the authority? And in the next coming weeks, we're going to talk about what that looks like practically, what that looks like. I want to talk about laying the foundation for where authority comes from. God is the authority. Number one, if we can't accept that God is the authority, you won't accept everything else that follows after today. I, I did the whole existence and creation thing so that it would make you think, man, yeah, some of the things that we grew up with in school and some of the things that they taught us, this is wonky. I mean, it takes more faith to believe that than it does to believe that, oh, wow, everything was just created in six days by somebody who actually had a plan, right? I mean, King Solomon knew this as well, didn't he? At the end of his days, he said, wow. Right? Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 12, verse 13. Look what he says. The end of the matter, the conclusion, he says. And to, to top it all off, he says, all has been heard. For Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Think about that. You were created for one purpose. Because a lot of people, what am I supposed to be doing? What is happening with my life? Where am I supposed to be? No, 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 one purpose alone. Whatever it is that you're doing, that's just a sideline. This is your purpose, right? Keep, fear God and keep his commandments. For God will bring every deed, every work, everything you did, right? Kanye is realizing this, right? God will bring everything that you've done, everything that you've worked at, everything that you've performed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Because then ultimately he's saying, that's got nothing to do with it. Did you live up to your purpose, your duty as man? Fear God and keep his commandment. Again, here's the thing about God's authority. Because a lot of us, when he's, I know, when I was growing up, you feared God. Because you thought, oh my gosh, he could strike me dead at any time. Right? But he always makes a way for his grace and mercy and his goodness to be shown to us. In spite of our rebellion, in spite of our self-knowledge, in spite of our greed to want more, God always makes a way for grace and mercy. Right? The, the sheer fact that he is withholding judgment, and here we cry out, oh, that's not fair that this is happening. He is withholding judgment. 
Because we see this. We see injustices happen and say, well, why doesn't he do? He is withholding his wrath and his justice. Why? So that grace and mercy would cause us. Grace and mercy is love, truly, right? Would cause us to come back in repentance. Would cause us to walk in his ways. That's what the one in authority is doing. Gospel says that if Christ lives in me, then I have right standing with God. That's what really we have to get to. When we come to this place, well, I fear God because I think he's going to punish me. No, no, no. If I have right standing with Christ, then guess what? He sees Jesus Christ in me, and he offers grace and mercy instead. Amen. Right? Justice and wrath is what I deserve. That's the truth part, right? Those of you who are truth-oriented, who are walking truth all the time, justice and wrath is what you and I deserve. Truly. Right? Oh, but I've done this and I've done this. Yeah, well, doesn't he also say that your, your goodness and everything that you do is filthy rags? Is just like filthy rags? I think about that stupid rag that we have hanging over the sink. And that thing can stink sometimes because it's so moist. And that, when, I think, when I read that verse, I think of that stupid rag. I'm thinking, why doesn't anybody rinse that thing out? Because it's filthy. And yet it's, it's used to do good things, isn't it? Wipe counters, wipe dishes. But it stays on that sink wet and stinky. And you come by and it's like, this is gross. Even though I've used it to do good things, it's still a filthy rag. And that's how he looks at us, Right? So justice and wrath is what I deserve. There's the truth. But love and mercy is what I receive. There's grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Again, and we continually come back to God. But I have rights. I have this injustice. You don't know what happened to me. It doesn't matter. Not that God doesn't care, but he says, guess what? Even if you were to turn that around, do all these good things, it still doesn't amount. It's up to me. Would you stand up this morning? I don't know where you stand with your relationship with God and realizing that he's the authority. But God wants you to know that he is the authority. That as we continue these next few weeks, you're going to understand, wow, there's things that I take into my life that, that I do in my own life thinking that I have control when truly, ultimately, it's God who has control of what happens. Maybe you're here today and you're still seeking out this God that we, we're, we're exploring. You don't know him personally as Lord and Savior. I ask you, you can seek all you want, but until you take that step of faith and say, I believe this. That's how a lot of us came to know Jesus Christ. We just finally realized, I've, i got to stop searching. I, I, I've seen enough evidence to believe that this has to be true. I can't keep waiting for another big bang in my head, Right? Take that step of faith. Bow your heads with me. Father, I, I pray that you just bring us, not this more knowledge, but an enlightenment and a revelation that can only come through Holy Spirit as we go into worship, that you truly are the authority with a design and purpose for each of our lives. And for somebody who's seeking today, may they understand that they, they would come to a revelation and say, I believe. I want to know who this God is as a personal God. Let them come to the realization that they're separated right now, Lord, and you've made a way for that separation to be closed up through your son, Jesus Christ, that they receive him today 
Just by saying, I receive you, Lord. I confess you as Lord and Savior. I believe what's been said, and I want to be part of this family. It's that easy. As we're going to worship this morning, would you just allow God to do work in your mind? Maybe unravel some of that thinking that you have. He is the designer, and he is in charge. God bless you. Well, we hope you got a lot out of today's sermon. If you'd like to connect with us, please feel free to check out our website at frvc.ca. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Have a great day, everyone.